Bonjour, je suis le grand What is this for? Like in the middle of it? Yeah, in the middle, we're just going to put it in there like, hey, thanks for listening. Don't not, forget. We're to... not talking like that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I refuse to make it sound like a commercial. Yeah. We just got to tell everyone that they need to follow us on social media at Pick Freaks on TikTok and Instagram and to give us five star rating. You can roast us, but don't give us less than five stars. Yeah. That's all we have to say. So just say that. Is there any, go. Yeah, if you're uh, language, you're listening, just cut what I said and put it on there. Method. Who cares? Muzzy now comes with four videos, two audios, a script book, parents' guide, a new exciting CD-ROM, plus this free bonus with your paid order. Hey, what up, pick freaks? Welcome to the latest pod. In this episode, the freaks dive into the cultural phenomena that was Barbenheimer. All three freaks pulled off the impossible and saw both Barbie and Oppenheimer on opening weekend. But as you'll soon hear, it was not without its challenges. This is a great pod if you've seen both movies, one of the two movies, or even if you've never seen a movie in your entire life. Okay, on that note, let's get into it. All right, Pick Freaks, all together again. Yes. Good to see you guys. Uh, so if you haven't heard, we all spent the last five days trying to see the new Phenom blockbuster summer movies, Oppenheimer and Barbie, and we pulled it off. Correct? Everybody pulled it off and saw both movies? Yep. Barely. <laughs> oh, the bare no. minimum by me, for sure. It wasn't for lack of effort, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was worried I wasn't going to make it cuz of coming back from camping. But Dennis seemed to have the most problems. He didn't say what the problems were, but um very yeah, interested I, to hear cuz I thought I was going to be like the one that couldn't even get to it or it would have been fucked or screwed the whole thing up. Even I was struggling. I had to, I saw it on Friday Oppenheimer and then I saw barbie on monday and it was just like i had to go see the 10 o'clock show of barbie just because i was i just never found the time in between 10 p.m yeah damn so you're up until midnight watching barbie on a sunday <laughs> monday <laughs> oh on a monday yeah. <laughs> yeah on a school night yeah so it's not easy to see two big movies in a single weekend i think i learned that no right. and it, it it'd be like hundred dollar if you so I went to Oppenheimer. Well, I'll get into my experience, but it's pricey. Yeah. Why don't we Why don't we start with uh, Oh, and just tell us a little. Or no, I'll start with myself. So I saw. I, we just wanted to quickly talk about our movie theater going experience in 2023. I uh, I personally saw Oppenheimer on opening night in the not IMAX, but whatever the Cinemark's version of IMAX was, and fully packed. Great to see that again for the theater. Uh, the negative about that was I was stuck in between two strangers. So I went with my girlfriend. So we were both stuck in between like two random groups of strangers. And we both had very different experiences. For me, my experience throughout this entire movie and the previews, the girl next to me, a heavier set woman, every time a known celebrity came on the screen, she would audibly gasp like this. <gasps> <gasps> And this movie was packed full of them, so that was yeah. probably not a little cameos. 
And it started with the previews. So, like, there was a preview for, like, a Jason Statham, Megan Fox movie. There was a preview for just every single celebrity. Not, like... And she had a pretty decent knowledge of celebrities. So, just, like, I, I would literally have to hear her go... <gasps> And I started making fun of her halfway through it and doing the thing because I was so annoyed. I started doing like some gasps at random things. What is the what's the point of that? I guess was she surprised they were like show like she had no clue they were showing up and then she saw them. I, no, I just think this girl just it was literally her gut reaction was just so genuinely excited or thrilled to see these people going to be in a movie that she just like had to gasp and it was so fucking annoying. But now just the other thing. Um, about uh, my girlfriend Phelps's experience, she sat next to a, a girl with the world's largest bowl of popcorn. Like, I think whatever oh, the largest size was, and this wasn't. This was like a very like normal sized girl, like not heavy set or anything. But she <laughs> kept getting annoyed because the girl next to her never stopped eating popcorn. She ate popcorn for the first two hours of the movie, just like pick one piece up, put it in her mouth, pick one piece up put it in her mouth and just did that nonstop. And then she pointed Fuck. it out to me and I couldn't stop watching it either. Shit, so it's this, just... this was me and Lisa in the movie because we got the largest popcorn and I'm like, I wonder if people notice I'm just eating. I've, I've been eating for two hours straight. Just like popcorn, nonstop popcorn. Kevin, how bad did you want her popcorn though? As you watched her eat it. <laughs> I had my own popcorn. You know, Kevin, he he probably the movie was <laughs> over, and he went to her seat, and he got the last little piece of popcorns on her seat. I was just crawling around the floor, getting all those little extras. <laughs> so your poor girlfriend is stuck between two popcorn lovers that weren't that didn't stop eating it the whole time. Were you eating popcorn while watching the other person eat popcorn? Well, a little thing about me is I have never made it to the actual movie with my popcorn. <laughs> like yeah, I always no. get this, I always get the smallest bag, and it is gone by the last preview. Sure, sure. It's hard to like, uh, I guess, ration out before yeah. movie starts. No, I don't get any more enjoyment out of rationing it. But yeah, so other other than that, like the sound visuals and stuff are really great in the theater. So fun to get back in the theater, but just not a big fan of a fully crowded theater. I don't love seeing movies on opening nights. Um, and then Barbie, I don't have much on Barbie. It was just a very different experience. I went to a 10 p.m. showing. It was a much smaller theater because I think the 10 p.m. showing, uh, but moderately crowded. And there were definitely a lot of girls wearing pink of all ages very surprised by that i i think the one thing that just surprised me most is just like there was a group of teenage girls well all wearing pink sitting behind me and i think we would we could all agree hopefully we feel the same way this is a decently funny movie they didn't laugh one time during the entire movie i just think either these teenage girls are just so conditioned for tiktok or whatever or they just like they're not even there to laugh at the movie i think they were just there to get the picture at the movies wearing their pink because they didn't that seem is, to be enjoying it's crazy because i was wondering if this was just gonna hit like harder with uh millennials than it would with gen uh, z just because i think barbies were probably a little more popular for girls around that age and it's mm -hmm. a huge nostalgia movie and i think that's why they're bringing it back right now because they're like okay everyone is the exact age for this movie to like hit that age group, but I don't know. Yeah. 
How could I you think it's. Uh, I was cracking up like the whole movie. Oh, it was so good. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's it's more like Gen X and then millennials also, but I feel like that's or no, yeah, Gen X is the one before us. Yeah, that one, like forties, fifties, because that's like kind of who I saw at the theater that was seeing it, like fo- late forties, fifties women dressed up for this. Yeah, I just don't think it hit the Gen Zs. I think the movie did a really good job of marketing it to Gen Zs, but they didn't do a good job of writing a movie for Gen Zs, if that makes sense. Uh, My only other thing that I wanted to mention is when you, I learned the hard way that when you go to a 10 o'clock show, the concession stand closes halfway through. So I, uh, I got to the theater and I got a double Jack and Coke. And then halfway through my movie, I was ready to get another soda. I just wanted like a regular soda and it was closed down the concession stand. So I, I asked one of the workers there, I'm like, hey, like, if I just go get my cup, can I just go fill it up with one of the Coke from this Coke 360 freestyle machine? And they're like, yeah, 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 totally. This one's on. This one's on. So I ran back to the theater, grabbed my cup. And as I was going up to the machine, she was turning it off. <laughs> I was like, you bitch. You just... Oh, the same lady that told you? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Shit. She just... <laughs> So she's I'm, she's, I'm like, can I get this? She's like, no, I just took the nozzle off. I'm like, what the fuck? You just put told the, me. Yeah, put the nozzle back on. <laughs> you so just took, took it off. You could put it back on. I Yeah, or I, she either genuinely forgot or was just like, didn't really think I would come back. No, I got I got that. When you're, it's closing time and you want to get the fuck out of there, you don't give a yeah. shit what people say. <laughs> like, I, I'm leaving. You You don't need it. Yeah, so I'm out of here. You, you could just never come back. I'm not waiting for Mr. Needs Pop guy to get pop. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I, am, I empathize with her. I was obviously just frustrated. Oh, I get it. I yeah. get it. Uh, Owen, oh, so what were your theater experiences for the two movies? So I saw, like I said, Oppenheimer on a Sunday night. Paid $16 for parking, $17 for the movie ticket. <laughs> $18 for one glass of wine. Oh my when God. I, I timed out what time the next, what's, I looked online to see when's the next best time to like take a break. So I was like, this is a long movie. And I paid for another <laughs> glass oh, of wine. So I spent like $80, I think, on the first movie, which was insanity. Did you go I by yourself? Been, yeah, it was originally supposed to go with Sarah, but she couldn't make it because we had to have we weren't going to have the boys for the night, but we ended up having them, so I had to go solo. Um, but I mean, I got there. I was more shocked to seeing how I didn't know that dressing in pink for the Barbie movie was going to be a thing. Yeah. So you're at Oppenheimer, but you were just witnessing. Yeah, the Barbie. yeah. I like I looked and I'm like, what? This many people? I get it if there's a handful of people that would do it, but it was every single girl had to throw on a piece of pink. There was a girl that was wearing a Barbie coat. The craziest thing I saw is a girl walk out with a Barbie a purse with Barbies sticking out of it. It's like a really small purse, and it's like she's gonna play like they with it. Got it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know because I was in Oppenheimer, but I was like, I should have saw this first because it seems like such a good people watching for the movie. But I guess that was good that I got that out of the way because I knew what to expect when I went to go see Barbie. Yeah, who was going to be in there? I I was surprised that I thought Oppenheimer would be the bigger draw, and I'm like, I, I'm living in a bubble. 
I guess. Dude, when I went too. there, it was and like all Barbie people. Yeah, dude. And they had like show after show, like every 15 minutes they were showing Barbie in the next theater. And it, it must have all been packed. I thought the same thing. And I was like, oh, Oppenheimer is going to be the movie that is going to be the beast in the box office, which I clearly don't know how box offices work <laughs> because a lot of other people predicted that Barbie was going to blow out Oppenheimer just because it's yeah. a little bit more uh, quicker. Mainstream. Yeah, you get more more people that wouldn't typically go to the movies. Um, but the actual theater, it was like a, it was a really nice big seats, just really fucking expensive. So yeah, I saw the Barbie in the exact same theater, um, but this time I went with Sarah and no popcorn eaters next to us or anything. It was nothing crazy other than the fact that everyone stayed through the credits during Barbie. And we were like, our row, say this is like entering, you can only enter from the right-hand side. And we were all the way to the left. So like, I was like, I just want to fucking leave. But I already got up in the middle of this movie and made all these people get out of my way, like 10 people. So you're sitting through the credits and none of these <laughs> you girls. You sat there like an leave. airplane? <laughs> I would, yeah, you I just wait kept in an waiting. Aisle to get and out. then I'm finally, I'm finally like, we need to go. Sarah's like, yeah, let's get the hell out of here. So then the guy next to me with his girlfriend, he took my like cue to get up and he, you could tell he was pumped to get the hell out of there too. <laughs> so he stood up right when I did to leave, but she made him stay in the back of the theater and watch the whole credits with her, which oh, I thought I, was crazy. I have two things on that. So one, I think that's a very West Coast thing. Cause when I lived in LA, I would go see movies all the time. And because it's like there's so much respect for the artistry and all the people who made that movie and like beyond just the director and the main actor, like people would stay through the credits of every single movie when I was in L.A. It was just like a, the norm. That's a uh, good, good point. I'm trying to think. I didn't notice it during Oppenheimer, but I didn't have to go climb over 10 people yeah. when I left. But as soon as Oppenheimer ended, I was out of there because I wanted to get to bed. So I didn't notice that. but. That is probably the Barbie credits were like more entertaining, I guess, right? Than the yeah, I get it. They had some things. Yeah. Right. Um, My second thing on that though is that is the the reason to blame for that also is Marvel movies because Marvel movies have this tradition of a post credit scene. So I actually was researching Oppenheimer after I saw it, and I pulled up one of the articles, and the article was titled "Did Oppenheimer Have a Post Credit Scene?" So it was just like some, it was like some AI bot written article that just like knew what people were going to be searching afterwards. And like the rest yeah. of it was just like, no, it didn't have a post credit scene. And then it talked about the movie, <laughs> like all the questions I want answered, but like you have to have that headline in there just because that's what all the people are going to be searching afterwards. So yeah, Marvel's to blame for that. Dennis, you ready to talk about your experience? I know. It's been, I'm so... it's been well hyped. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, really this is too hyped now. Too hyped. It's like how much people hyped up Oppenheimer. This is your viewing experience is hyped just as much. Yeah. So I uh I planned the whole weekend out. I was gonna see Oppenheimer Thursday at six PM and then Barbie at uh like twelve thirty on Sunday or one one thirty on Sunday. So Oppenheimer is looking good, got a babysitter. Lisa and I both go. Six o'clock showing on a Thursday, which is like the earliest I feel like you could see it. Um, 
So we go there. It's mostly Barbie people, as you guys said. Sit down, big big bu- bucket of popcorn, pop. <laughs> um, definitely forgot what it's like to sit next to a stranger and watch a movie. Um, I sat next to an older lady, and she a few times just said, I knew that was going to happen, like out loud. Like, <laughs> I just fucking hate that. Like, yeah, I think I, I knew that was going to happen, too. But You're I don't have to say than it. smarter than me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he drops the bomb. No, she didn't say it for that. But some other scene where, like, someone was revealed, or I forget what it was exactly. But, yeah, it was, it, it was nice to go to a movie and, like, not pick up your phone halfway through like you actually have to focus i forgot what that's like because i haven't really done that in three years it's crazy that was such um, a great thing but such a tough thing to do when you're trying to do a podcast because you want to write oh, yeah. notes down so i agreed i was like oh i'm gonna watch this all the way through and catch on everything but as i left i'm like i'm gonna forget everything that happened in that movie yeah so middle of the movie um like, I love the score and everything. And in the middle of the movie, I'm like, whoa, this is kind of a weird scene to have this loud, like, booming noise. And then I realize, oh, my God, it's, like, hailing really, really hard outside. And there's a huge storm that's occurring while I'm in this movie. And so I'm like, oh, shit, my mom is watching the kids, like, have these huge trees in my yard. Like, I'm nervous that trees going to fall and, like, kill kill everyone in my house. So I check my phone. And my mom sends me a thing, a text that says my basement's flooded and that a tree branch fell in my yard in the middle of this movie. And so first I'm like, what do I do here? So I get out, go out of the theater, I call her and basically my basement flooded a little bit during the movie. Uh, like my, I have a finished side, the unfinished side flooded a little bit. Didn't get, get to the uh, finished side luckily. And then, um, big branch fell and crushed my fence and pulled down like a power line. And so I'm like, what do I do here? Do I, do I leave? Do I leave to go home? I'm, That's a tough one. What do you do? Yeah. I stayed, I stayed for the Hell pod. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> for cinema. Yeah. But it was such a weird, I don't know how I actually felt about this movie. Cause I had this poor, after that happened, it was like an hour in this horrible anxiety and I'm like, is it because of this dread, like the, the dread of a nuclear bomb and how we just fucked up the whole world by creating this bomb? Uh-huh. Or is it like my house is getting fucked up and I have anxiety about that? It's probably a little bit of both, but it was definitely a weird experience to do that. Were you, were you able to at least give the movie like 60% effort when you were watching it? Or do you feel like, Oh yeah, no, I tainted. No, I kind of forgot of like the movie won me over. Like I yeah. kind of forgot there, about it by the end, and I walked out. I'm like, oh shit. Were there any so, parts where you just like remembered out of nowhere? You're like, fuck the fucking tree in my basement. Yeah, I was just thinking about just how fucked up my basement. Is. I didn't know how much, and like, oh my god, I have so much shit down. I'm sitting in my basement right now, so bunch of crap down there, but. It wasn't bad at all. It's all dry now. I didn't have to throw anything out. So, did you just think about those families, those families in Hiroshima? Huh? Okay, sorry, it's nothing. <laughs> I didn't think about that at all. 
I'm joking. You weren't watching the movie. <laughs> What's Hiroshima? <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was a cool experience to go to the theater. And then Barbie, I thought I bought the ticket for Barbie, but I actually never hit confirm. So I had this whole day planned out. I had to golf early. We golfed. And then I'm looking, I'm like, what time is this movie at? And I try to find the confirmation email, and I can't fucking find it. And then it, I never did it. And then that was my only chance to go. So I had to do a bootleg version. <laughs> I did a bootleg version of Barbie. And Tell us more about how you downloaded this bootleg version. Oh, I was very nervous because I haven't downloaded like a, a legal movie in years. So I did some research and I needed to get a VPN that basically makes my IP address look like it's somewhere else. So I did that. And then I, I don't know if you've ever been like a legal streaming site, but everything you fucking click just opens up a fucking ad to something else. And it drives you insane. Like you could just click nothing and it will still open an ad. Mm -hmm. I watch a lot of sports illegally streaming. And yeah, you, you basically, you have to click the fake one, let it go through let it stream, and then you have to like stay away from your mouse for the rest of it. If you even click anywhere, you're going to get an ad and ruin the streaming. Yeah, so I was able to find a copy of a guy filming the movie on like his <laughs> camera in the movie theater. And so while watching it, this thing had ads in it for like <laughs> some slots. This, this oh, is the, the guy that recorded it, too, it. The guy that recorded it put yeah, his own ads in it. Put like his <laughs> ads on it for some slot machine website, and so the whole movie has like a watermark of this slot slot machine website. <laughs> and then midway through, I have a clip of one. Um, if you guys want me to show you real quick, we got time. Um, this is already so interesting just to hear about all I these know. different theater experiences I, i'm so jealous that you actually gotta download it and watch it because i really wanted to do that sarah's trying to figure it out herself for like two seconds she's like you sure you can't find it online i'm like okay yeah go look for it and i don't think she has any like background to be able to figure out how to download movies or what sites to go on it's yeah, easy I mean, to do for a movie that has been released yes but like for a movie that's in theaters there's no way around getting like a bootleg person handy cam let me know if you see this. Yeah, it looks. Yeah, I hear this. See it. Oh, but you actually got it on your TV. That's Wait, nice. is that an ad? That's the ad. That's the middle. This happened like <laughs> oh, five wow. times. That goes right back to it. <laughs> oh wow, that's like a well. That's like that a well-produced ad. I thought so too. I thought that that maybe was Barbie. Oh, Lisa's part of the ad. I was just yeah. picturing it. Yeah, I was picturing then, it as but, like a pop-up. But then these big pop-ups come up. All the time. <laughs> oh, those are amazing. <laughs> Takes up ninety percent of the screen. Yeah, that's so, so great. <laughs> I, it's like an Indian sports website. Yeah, so I love right. it. This well, this podcast is brought to you by Spotslight.net. <laughs> Spotslight.net. <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry, your number one source for uh, cricket betting. So the the other thing too, I don't, with bootleg movies, the color is very. If you notice, the color is just completely washed out. Mm -hmm. The other thing too is you hear laughter and like. <laughs> And you, the guy that filmed the movie laughed only one time during the entire movie. Um, but it's you the, see people like walk up and down the aisles also. 
it is by far the worst movie to have colors washed out. It is the yes. most colorful movie. It's like is a it? Tim Burton movie. On, <laughs> it on didn't LSD. look like that to me. Look at <laughs> There's just no. Is she pink wearing pink at here? All. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Damn. So Dennis, you couldn't. The tickets were sold out for all the shows when you were. Well, I only had a bait. I only had. That was like my only time to go see it. Sure. Basically. Yeah. So that's crazy. Well, good thing that you were able to find that because if that happened to me, I would have just told you guys like, look, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, I'll be here for Oppenheimer, but Barbie, I, I'll just sit behind and give no info. All right. Yeah. Well, on that, on that note, are you guys ready to talk Oppenheimer? Yeah, let's do it. All right. I can, uh, I can start with my thoughts on Oppenheimer. I, I won't give my rating up front, but I loved the visuals. It is hard to explain why, but something about the aesthetic of the movie just like made me feel stressed out and the stakes like from the beginning of that guy's life. Like he just had this pressure on him to be somebody special or like do something special with this gift he had. And I could just feel that through the visuals. I don't know if it was like the way like Killian Murphy's eyes were like popping or just like the sweat beating from him or something, but visuals are awesome. And then also the sound, just like being in the theater, hearing the sound and like the way they like, they would kind of hit you with like a silence when you weren't expecting silence and a loud noise when you weren't expecting a loud noise. Yeah. Speaking to your, the sound thing. um, I mean, the whole movie is leading up. Well, at least you think the whole movie is leading up to this nuclear blast and they go to test the thing and you're like, oh my God, this is going to be like the loudest fucking thing. But they have all this intense, like, sound and then as soon as they launch the thing it goes like silent and you can only hear what his like breathing i I believe yeah and that that was such a cool part of the movie that was definitely when the movie peaked and i mean you would have you couldn't have guessed who would have guessed (laughs) well well, you you would have guessed originally that it was when the actual bomb was dropped but that whole thing was actually kind of glossed over True, I guess that's that I that's what I was expecting. I was expecting the actual Hiroshima and Nagasaki bombs to go off. Because it it really wasn't a movie about like war. It was more a movie about project management and just like this guy who like has to assemble this group of genius scientists to pull off like this like crazy scientific feat. And then by the time they actually finally like have completed their mission, they pass it along. And that's like where everything, you know, about the bomb happens. And it's not even really covered in the movie. Yeah. And I, I think it was, I had the feeling watching it at one point, I'm like, this feels like Batman kind of maybe it's yeah. just cause it's Nolan, but like the way he's like assembling a team. And then it's like the scene where he's wearing the army costume and they're like, you know, wear the, wear what you normally wear. And then he like walks out and is like, bat suit oh yeah. <laughs> yeah it felt like a superhero movie where I, it's maybe because it's just you know dark knight and all those other batman movies are so good and i've seen them a lot where and same director so maybe it's picking up on that but i don't know the way that it at least the first two hours of it felt like that the last hour kind of felt like its own thing do you think nolan just is like man i can't figure out how to do this without you changing outfits into like a costume. Right. So I need you to be in this army outfit so I can change scenes so we can (laughs) focus on what you actually look like. I thought that the movie was, I wish I, there's this 
thing that I do where I hate any type of spoiler whatsoever. Like, don't give me any information. I don't like I trailers or anything. Don't tell me, like, what didn't happen in the movie. Like, yeah, because oh, yeah. then you like... Don't tell me if it was a good movie or a bad movie. I'd rather know nothing. Oh, yeah. Right, and then someone's like, oh, they all die. And I'm like, well, now I know they don't all die. So it's like, I could put these things together. Don't give me any information at all. But this is one of those movies where I kind of wish I knew what I was getting into beforehand. Did some research on what happened to Oppenheimer because the whole like first two hours was very talkative they talked the Mm -hmm. whole entire time and it was really tough to keep up especially when they were skipping back and forth and I'm like wait I thought this what is the whole premise of this movie I thought it was just strictly about the bomb I didn't know that the story was going to be about him people calling him a communist and him having to defend himself and being this like cocky guy I didn't expect that whatsoever. So I kind of wish I did that research because then I could have better understood the movie or just seen it twice so I could really get it. But after the movie, I did a lot more research and then I learned to like really like the movie after that. I, I feel the same way, Owen. I got home, I read about Laos and like the whole... Laos was the... Uh, um, was it Iron? Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. character. I read about all that, and it just all clicked. And I was like, "Oh, I, yeah. and I definitely would have appreciated it, but I still did, even in hindsight, like after reading that." I sure, like w- when they showed Strauss at like a hearing, Strauss, I thought he was, yeah. yeah, I thought he was defending Oppenheimer, and like I, I didn't yeah. know what was going on. I was like, "What the fuck is going on here?" It, I didn't court like what? What is the, what's what's the whole premise of this movie? So, I didn't get that until they asked were you a member of the communist party? And that was the first time like, Oh, they think he's a communist. Like it took me that long. Dude. I think I was on the exact same boat. I was like, Oh, they're trying to, they're like trying to screw him over is what they're trying to like do. And I was like, but I don't get what it was tough to get. But after the movie, after I watched the whole thing, read up on it, it was much clearer and it made the movie much better, but I'm excited to see it a second time. And really get it. Nolan movies are always better a second time. Uh, Dennis, when you actually, I have two things I want to ask now. Dennis, can you think in the top of your head like what's another Nolan Christopher Nolan trope? Because after you mentioned, or we talked about like how he has so much Bond inspiration, I do think like Oppenheimer's a little bit like Bond in this movie. He's a martini drinking womanizer, wears a suit. Yeah, he's like even even the Batman movies like. Christian Bale's kind of like a Bond type. Oh yeah, and I your tenants like that, I guess. And yeah, Interstellar not so much. Another trope I know is the one part. I, if you remember the end of Batman Begins, where they defeat the whole city, and then he, they hand him a card, and they're mm-hmm. like, they call him the Joker. It's kind of a big Easter egg slash premonition of what's going to occur. And they do the same sort of like it, it felt like the same thing as when they did the John F. Kennedy thing. There's like there was one guy that voted against you. They call him JFK. And it's like, whoa, I know who that is type of thing. I don't know if that's a trope of Nolan movies, but that's the thing that happened. I'm thinking about it now. Did anything Inception? What was the ending to that? Was it literally the top spin or was it the. That's all I remember from the movie. So it's the top spinning and like the buildings being upside down, like coming down at you. I think that's what happened. I can't remember what happened. 
The movie yeah. was amazing when I saw it. I just it, haven't seen it in forever. I just watched it recently. It's the top spin. And he like sees his kids and it's like he's looking at it and then he kind of just doesn't care if it's going to fall or not. There's a similarity in this movie, too, where it's like they have that Einstein scene and then they kind of cut to him at the uh, like all the award ceremonies that Einstein kind of forewarned him about, like just him trying to like come to terms with his new life. Yeah. Uh, but uh, oh, and my question for you and Dennis, unless you have something else. Um, No, it was more about my opinions about the movie. Or the, so you scene. mentioned you mentioned you don't like spoilers. My girlfriend loves to get on Reddit while she's watching a movie and it drives me oh my nuts. God. I'm like, let look, let's watch this movie. Let's take an hour to try to figure it out ourselves. <laughs> and then we can go on Reddit. Uh, like, I don't uh, need to know what's happening. It's like, you're, you're like, you're not enjoying the movie. You're like, dude, you? dude Lisa does the same thing. If it's like a scary movie, and she's like, I want to figure out the ending so I'm not scared. I'm like, this is, you're supposed to feel this way. That's the fun <laughs> yeah. of it. Yeah, the Sarah, Sarah does the same. She likes to know ending. She, so when she reads books, she reads the last pages before oh. she starts. <laughs> and she does the same thing with movies. She wants to know what goes on beforehand. I'm like, that is the whole point of a movie. To just be in the experience, get to know what happens, follow along with the story try to figure out the twist yourself or figure out how it ends and then be surprised or be like, Oh, I knew that was going to happen. Yeah. One of my roommates, friend of the show, Tanner used to read up so much on movies before going to see them. And I'd be like, dude, why do you read so much into this beforehand? How does that make this movie enjoyable at all? I, I don't get it. Like I said, I'm glad that we all agree on that. We like to be like totally surprised. Very rarely will I want to see a trailer. The only time I'd want to see a trailer is if I don't know if I'm going to like a movie and about two minutes or I'd say like 20 seconds into a trailer, I could decide if I'm going to like it or not. And I normally stop it. If I'm going to watch it. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to watch yeah. this and just end it. So that way I don't get anything spoiled. But outside of that, man, like it's speaking of trailers, just, I forgot what it's like to watch because I do the same thing. I if there's a movie I want to see, I don't watch the trailer because I don't right avoid it at all costs. Yeah, because dude, the trailers in movies like they've gotten much worse in the past ten years. They, they show they give away everything. They give away shit. You see one thing like that new um, Leonardo DiCaprio movie, right? Which I really want to see. Oh, I, I saw see something happen in there, and I'm like, I need to forget that that happened because if I remember that that guy is like alive past some certain point I, I, yeah. I'll, lose, I'll lose my mind I'll be like this guy dies at some point and it's they, not going to be a surprise anymore they show the trailer for that Paul Giamatti movie and, oh yeah that movie looked good I like that but they show the whole they show the whole thing it's like oh there's a group of kids and they stay for winter break oh no and then they be <laughs> they're bad and then they be he teaches them to be good and it's like the whole fucking movie it's like who wouldn't like, I know exactly what emotions I'm going to feel during this whole movie. What's the point of watching it? Yeah, man. I like to be fully surprised. I like getting a recommendation from a friend that are like, this movie is awesome. Give it a watch. I'm like, sweet. I'll I'll watch it. And then, yeah, that's the best part about movies. Yeah, I'm the same way where if I know there's a scene, then I'll be like, oh, wait, he's wearing the clothes that were in that one scene. So that's about yes. that. And it just takes you out of the movie because you're just. And if and it fucking happens, too. Yeah, you know, like that's that was such a, that would have been an amazing thing to see live. But I already knew that it happened. So it ruined the movie. 
My next thing I just wanted to talk about with Oppenheimer or Oppenheimer. I keep doing that. Just say Oppy. They say Oppy. (laughs) Oppy. Oppy baby. Um, I think what stood out to me the most though was just like all the acting performances. I w- everybody in there was phenomenal, Dude. and I, I I came up with a ranking of my favorite performances. Ooh, so many stars in there! Did you yeah. guys notice that one of our boys, Skarsgård's brother? I did. I this. did. I was oh, looking up the that? cast. I was looking up the cast after, and Gustav Skarsgård is in this. Made me dig into the Skarsgård family, dude. That guy, the main—I forget the dad—but he has eight kids. And I think three or four of them are in our actors are, are in the, in the business. And I didn't even notice that his one brother was it from the movie it. Oh yeah. Isn't that? Oh shit. Yeah. I had no clue that was a scars guard. Dude, they are fucking everywhere. They're taking over every movie, every show. <laughs> They're in I've everything. Been, I've been told I look like that Gustav scars guard before. Just Gustav? He's a bald guy. Yeah. Bald guy with a beard. <laughs> just that You're pulling up a picture oh damn kind yeah of. just a bald guy with a beard yeah gustav was the uh professor that was at the same university and then or who was that who's gustav i don't remember i was it was hard i remember seeing him in the movie i don't recall what exactly part he played i don't think it was major major um i think they they feel like they saved all the major parts for like very recognizable names and like you had, um, sorry, like Rami, I feel like they picked four guys that look exactly the same. They had all auditioned and they're like, shit, you do really good for this. And you're like, oh, fuck. You need to put another <laughs> place for you. Like, oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. So you had like Rami Mellick. You got a part. Sure. David Dest. I don't know how to say his name. He looks so weird. Krumholz? David Destamelican. Oh. Destamelican. He kind of looks like his face is like kind of melting off. Well, here, why don't I go through my rankings? Yeah, yeah. I have have top three too. Okay, so my rankings, I have like seven and I'm upset now because I'm going to get canceled. I don't have any women in here, but uh, it goes Killian Murphy, Matt Damon, Safdie, like the Safdie brother, Jason Clark, who played the guy um, interrogating Oppenheimer. Oh, yeah. I thought that was Casey Affleck. No, oh, so they, oh, he brought oh, yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. you're talking about, you're talking he, about. the guy that's kind of older, and he looks like he almost has eyeliner on. Yes, yes, he was in like the Planet of the Apes movies. He, I hated that guy so much in this movie, but I realized that's because he was such a good actor. Then there was uh, Alden. I don't know his first name, but he played Han Solo in the new Han Solo movies. He was the one that like was the rival to Robert Downey Jr. Like the, I don't know what he was, like a press secretary or something, like trying to help him out and he got screwed. Um, Gary Oldman played Harry S. Truman, and that was a very nice little... I didn't know that until after. Yeah. Then I liked Affleck, uh, Casey Affleck's appearance, just the way they kind of teased him, but you knew it was him. And then I liked uh, David Krumholtz. He's kind of a recognizable semi-B-list actor who played like the kind of the thicker friend of... Oppenheimer on the train and stuff. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, Bernard. From, I, I, I yeah. loved him. Yeah, from Santa Claus. He was very good yeah. in this. Uh, there's a few other people I missed, but did you guys have anybody that I didn't include? Uh, Benny Benny Safty. Yeah, Benny right? Safty was my third. He was great. Oh, you said it. You said yes. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh, I yes. missed it. Sorry. Yeah. Do you know who he is, Owen? 
Yeah, no, he's okay. great, and his movies that he does are like wild, fucking best. <laughs> he's not a bad <laughs> like, actor either. Yeah, no, okay, he's, he's yeah. great. He was at, so my top three was him. Number one, Safty. Number two was uh, the Bernard guy, Grumholtz. Yeah, Grumholtz. And then number three, I guess, would be. You gotta have a Oppenheimer in there, but give us another one. I don't know. Damn. Dude, I feel like my my tops are they're equal and not the same as Dennis. Yeah, probably. Rami Malik was Killing good in him. his scene. Who? Rami Malik was great in his scene. Josh Hartnett was really good. I have a little bit about just Josh he, Hartnett has a had a resurgence. It's the new Brad Pitt. He I thought it was for a second I thought it was Brad Pitt. It's like, like he, they couldn't get Brad Pitt, so they settled yeah. for Hartnett. Ooh shit. That may have happened. Yeah. Because that would have been, oh man, if Brad Pitt was playing that part though, that may have been like so too, good. too too big, too big yeah. of a name for that for Scene that role, stealer. and not that much of a main importance. Role. Yeah, that would make it difficult. Who was your favorite woman actor? It was Emily Blunt, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah she, she was she, the, she was great. She, she was so good. I yeah. thought that she did an awesome job throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Didn't make um, Kevin's top ten. <laughs> That was stupid. Uh, Florence Pugh. Everybody's talking about her nude scenes. Did you see what she was in? When would she have clothes on? She was nude the whole movie. It seemed like. Did you see what they did in like India in the Middle East for the scene? So there's a scene where they're just sitting in like an apartment, naked, staring at each other. Um, Yeah, I like that scene. (laughs) The his legs were skinny. That's what I noticed. Got some. I think I noticed that too. Got to get some meat on them bones. Um, well, he looked, he was probably stressed out beyond belief <laughs> this bomb. It's like all he did was eat apples and smoke cigarettes. Yeah, he actually died of lung cancer. I looked it up. Damn, not shocking. But they, so this movie, notoriously, Christopher Nolan said they didn't use any CGI, basically zero. Wow. Um, But they had to use CGI in India and the Middle East, and they CGI'd like a dress on her while she's sitting there. Did they leave the nipples underneath? <laughs> no, they well, put them back on top. The dress. <laughs> well, no, they, I, they were pokey nipples, I guess. So, so the, oh. if were, theoretically, they would have been poking through the dress. I'll delete yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> why, why would they? I still don't get why they they would keep the nipples. Are you saying that the nipples would be showing through the dress? The, like, yeah, like Jennifer Aniston like and this. Friends. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I see what you mean now. Yeah. I thought you literally meant like they just busted out holes in them. No, <laughs> no. That's like, not dude, what, what I meant. Nipple. They only yeah. can show the nipple in the Middle East <laughs> in India. This may be just because I walked out of the... I, I was actually going to ask you guys how many times you left the theater during the showing. Just once. once. I think I left four times. Four times? That's, what? Dude, that is like so happened. much. Sometimes I just need to get outside the theater for a second. What are you doing? <laughs> I, I usually go to the bathroom, or I don't know. I, got, I think I got to refill. Your girlfriend or... must fucking hate you. Nah, she doesn't. <laughs> I don't think she. That's one of the minor nitpicks yeah, in her life. So if Lisa did that, I'd be like, oh, this, "It's done. I can't. I can't let <laughs> yeah, you go you to the bathroom four times in a movie. Like that's She's too much saint. stress for me." Um, Kevin, I'm sure I I would be kind of that guy too, though. I leave typically a lot because normally I have to go to the bathroom. Oh often mm-hmm. so and do just i do it all the time when we're watching tv i'm always pausing and leaving um so i'm with you on that i was shocked i only left once i was super nervous that i was gonna have to leave another time to go to the bathroom 
but what are you doing when you're leaving all those times just to get air? I think twice to the bathroom. Once I got another drink. One time, I think I literally just like walked out to like take a walk. <laughs> just I don't care if I miss like if I miss a part of the movie. Um, what I'll if you miss the, the nuke time, part? Be better. <laughs> I know I'm not going to miss the nuke part. <laughs> like I know when that's coming. But the reason I brought that up is because I got very confused by the Florence Pugh character. I didn't understand what the hell was happening with her the entire movie. Because one of the scenes I walked out, they must have explained it all. And I fucking missed it. Do you know now or do you need it explained? If you can give me like a 10 second explanation. It was just like his mistress. I think that they had a relationship beforehand. And she was part of the Communist Party. He was married to that's, so I'm saying they had something beforehand, but they I don't know if they were actually married. I know they were definitely together. They may have been married. I, they were married. Okay, it was brief. But then after that, it, they kind of stayed in a relationship. And she was like kind of the connecting part to the Communist Party, along with right. some other people that he hung around. So, But I think he met her at a party where it was a lot of Communist people. So he kind of ran in those circles, but they didn't really do it. So it seemed like back then joining the Communist Party was, at least in like the 30s, before, you know, before World War II, was what you would do on a college campus, I guess, like to act, you know. Yeah, it was so. Yeah, you're just kind of what you're showing you're cool and like hip. It's like yeah, socialism so now, I guess, for yeah, people. Yeah, sure. Yeah, um, it was strange. If this sums it up, here's my understanding of the Florence Pugh character. She was very emotionally dependent on him and to the point of being like almost nuts where he kind of felt obligated to like keep her in his life. And because of that, he like met up with her frequently, which made the ties to the Communist Party questionable. I don't like why do you keep me? Yeah, I think he just he was just he is just like an egomaniac. If you could tell, like, and he just, yeah, I think he just liked people that were obsessed with him, but I don't think she was obsessed with him. So I think he was throwing out his flowers. So, yeah, I think he was trying to be like, man, fucking like, she's great. She's bad for me type deal. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it was a, a, she was obsessed with him. I think she was just crazy. And then he felt a connection. He was more felt a connection like, oh, she's going to do something to herself if I, don't make her feel yeah, good. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Well, it fucking happened, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, then they, I, I was reading, they tried to imply that, they said that she killed herself, but then they applied, implied yeah. that she may have been murdered. Yeah, may have been set up. I saw that too. Um. Yeah, I think we should, I think that's pretty much, I think we've covered a lot of Oppenheimer. Um, OP. I don't know. Unless you guys have yeah, anything else. I, I have one final closing thing I wanted to talk about, but. Yeah, I have some things. Okay, what do you got, Dennis? I love the score of it. I've been listening to it. It was great. Hey, I didn't re- remember like any of it. I have to. It's good. I felt like I was too like trying to focus on what the fuck was going on and trying to keep up that it was yeah. hard for me to get distracted by music or listen to anything. I knew I liked it, but I don't know what it was. I couldn't hum it in my head, but yeah, it was good. It's good. Yeah. Give it a listen. You'll You'll remember it. Um, it goes <laughs> like really high and loud. That sounded amazing. I'm gonna turn it on right now. Wait, this is beautiful. Do you hear this? No, not nope. at all. Oh, really? Yep. And the song's literally called "Can You Hear the Music?" Oh my God! Fun fact: Ludwig Göransson. 
That guy is he works on all the uh Donald Glover childish Gambino Interesting. uh music. Did you know that, Dennis? No. But listen to that song, Can You Hear the Can You Hear the Music? That's I thought you guys could hear that. I guess you can't hear the music there. Um so yeah, the score was great. The hour two to three, the whole interrogation scene, that's where it kind of lost me. Where I'm like, this movie. They could have worked that in better. Sure, I agree. I felt like it was just, it dragged on. The first two hours was like, seemed rushed and pick all these things. And then all of a sudden they like elongated. Like they were trying to rush to get to that part to get you caught up on what was actually going on. And I, I agree. I think they should have been able to do that better. But my favorite scene in the movie happened during that. And it was when Robert Downey Jr. was basically, he was trying to get a seat. Um, be part of what's the correct term here? The count, not the council, the president cabinet. Yes. To be on the cabinet. And they're like approving him or whatever. And he's talking about, he's like, this is all fucked up because Oppenheimer said something to Einstein. And like, ever since that day, the science community's fucking hated me. And then the one dude's like, what if he just, what if they just weren't talking about you at all? And it comes to find out they weren't. And this guy just all like, he was an egomaniac where he thought just like the fucking world revolved around him. And I just, I don't know. I love that scene. I loved that too. That was probably my favorite part of the whole movie. And it is crazy. Like everyone seemed to be egomaniacs in there. And I guess that's what you get when you're, I don't know, if you're that smart, that cocky, know that much. And then if you're a politician, it's immediate. <laughs> you're you're clearly doing it for yourself. It, it's very rare that I feel like um, actual politicians are doing it for other people it's all for just self oh yeah for themselves you have to be kind of a crazy person to like even want to be a politician sure you're it's such a weird thing to want to do so i yeah like this is i it took me a while to even notice that was robert downey jr i was looking at him i'm like man this guy looks so familiar i didn't know anyone that was in the cast outside of killian he wasn't wearing that the one iron suit he wears (laughs) that all the movies you watch i actually don't watch any of his movies because i particularly do not like robert downey jr like at all he was really good in this and i i didn't give him the credit because i just don't really love him i agree like i thought he was great in this i think he looked the best he ever has even though he was playing an older person (laughs) I want to go I, to him and be like, dude, just look like that all the time. And I feel like you wouldn't. Yeah, don't try to look young. He looks crazy. <laughs> he always looks weird. And I, it just, it drives me that he's not a fan of him. So that was like, this is the first time that I like actually enjoyed him in the movie. I thought he was really good. I liked that character. And um, I don't know. Yeah. I liked that. Like you said, how it ended. Dennis, where he just thought like Oppenheimer hated him and like screwed his Chances with, uh, um, I was going to call him Eisenberg. <laughs> Einstein. Einstein. There is an Eisenberg. I know, there's, yeah. too there's too many. There's too many Bergs. There's too many Heisens. Wow, you sound like Hitler. <laughs> oh, the crazy thing. This is actually a point. Thinking of it, not just. I mean, it was World War II, so that was happening at the time. The fact that when they were making this bomb, the only way that they found out is some scientists split an atom. And it was just a race to find someone that can build the bomb for the war. Other places were going off the wrong way. Um, and they said that the 
the U.S.'s best chance is that is um, anti-Semitism because they said that the the scientist in Germany was Jewish and they want to see, oh, yeah. like, you know, if Hitler is like, that would be the best thing for us is that Hitler takes it that far that he won't even listen to their best scientists. Mm-hmm. But it was crazy at the part when they figured out how to make the bomb that they were debating on giving this information to the Nazis because they didn't want them to screw up and end up doing something else. I thought else. it was like, to Russia. It was to like anyone. It was really to like, they wanted to spread the information because they wanted to get it out that it could have been so catastrophic. If someone fucks it up, they can end up ending. Yeah. It. So they want to be like, this is what oh, we found. That, like this that, could be yeah. terrible, but like what their goal was trying to do is like find the best way to make this bomb to end the war. But they had the chance of potentially ending the the world. And they said the chances are near zero, but they could have set the atmosphere on fire. I don't know. I really like that thing where they said that theory only takes you so far until you actually do it. And the fact that can you imagine the amount of stress dropping that first bomb, knowing that you may end the world or it just might end up like that, how crazy that would be. Yeah. I was kind of thinking about like their mindset and they mentioned this. It's like, they were fucking, I don't know. We're, we're not, we've never had the mindset they were in where like they were at war. These people are coming for their families. Hitler was coming for their family. You know, uh, Japan just bombed a state, basically attacked a state, which, you know, hasn't happened in a long time to have anything on U.S. land. And so the mindset was like, okay, we need to figure this out before they do or we're fucked. So we got to blow them up before they blow us up. It's only a matter of time. It was so crazy. So, we had all these people that were from different parts of the world working on it for the U.S. though. It's like, how do you keep all that information in one spot? I know that they had one person that ended up being a spy and going with spying for the Soviets. But like, how? who's, it seemed like the, everyone was working on it, like across all countries. It was, it was strange. Well, it was a world war. I know, but they were collectively getting all the information. It was for just the U.S. it seemed like. I don't know what they're well, doing. Well, no, I think, I mean, this is only telling the U.S. story. I'm sure there's a, yeah. a Russian story where they're trying to make the bomb. Sure, but. And that's what they kind of yeah. mentioned where it's like. And where the Germans have a whole, there was no Japanese people in this movie because they had like their team of the so best the, Japanese scientists working with the, the Germans. Whole the whole movie was only white guys. <laughs> it was, yeah. There was only white guys. Couple white point. girls. And that was literally it. If you look at all the cast, that's all it is too. So. I'm Isn't sure. there a new Oscar you have to have a certain percent of diversity to like include a movie. I don't know. I think if this goes up for Oscar best movie and wins, I think it's going to end up getting backlash because it is not diverse enough, but it's probably, I don't know what you're like, supposed to like, how I know are you supposed just to tell that, the, though? tell the real story or what? Like you can't be like Hamilton and just put random people Whoa. in there. Hey, all right. I don't think we can spend much more time on Oppenheimer. I just have one last thing I wanted to finish with. Um, there was one close-up scene uh, of Killian Murphy where they like were, got a side profile, and I noticed that he had an earring hole in his ear, and I couldn't <laughs> stop thinking about it. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. God, there's got to be so many small things that other people pick up on. And, yeah. Oh, fuck. That ruins it. Just because I'd had my ears pierced in the past, and I still see those Same. tiny holes, and I'm like, yeah, there's really not much you can do to get Same rid of those here. other than CGI. Yeah. What did you guys rate the movie? I gave it an 8.5. 
I want to watch it again before I could give it my like final rating, but I think 8.5 is super, I think that's pretty on par with what I would say. I give it a nine. It's a movie you'll, you'll always group. Like people always talk about this movie. Mm-hmm. So definitely not a big rewatchability factor, but, but just with the cast and the, the fact that he didn't use like CGI and all that stuff, I think, yeah, it's and it was good. It lived up to my hype of it. I mean, it dragged a little bit, but any three-hour movie would drag. So yeah, it dragged in a way that like you knew it was going to drag, and it didn't really feel. I, I was going to say I agree. I felt like I was trying to play catch up the whole time, so it didn't feel really dragged. And mm-hmm. then finally caught up, and I'm like trying to process everything that happened. And yeah, yeah. And the last scene, like, was I love the last scene too with Einstein, where he actually you hear what they talk about. Yeah, and it's like kind of ominous where they mention we you know there was a chance that a chain reaction would have happened and it would have destroyed the world and they're like and Einstein's like well it did basically or no Oppenheimer's like well it did and the chain reaction is like oh fuck we're in the nuclear age now everyone has bombs we're gonna blow the shit out of each other you nailed that quote so much that I can tell you, I tell you how much you love it. <laughs> you know, you know, it's a bad quote when halfway through you're like, actually, the other character saying this part. Yeah, I'd say the only thing that I was bummed about, but I guess now rethinking, I'm not as bummed. Is that I thought we were going to see the final bomb was going to be like the Hiroshima bomb, and I thought that was supposed to be like the big explosion. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm happy with the way that they did it. Like Oppenheimer did his job and they got him the fuck that's out what, of Yeah, I think sure. that was the point. I get it. I, I agree. After I watched the full movie and finished and got to realize what the movie was about, I was happy with it. I think I was just expecting another bomb. So I wasn't sure if that was like what they were supposed to say. You More bombs. If you're watching it in IMAX, that was supposed to be a thing. I did love, however, Benny Safdie going in with the full <laughs> sunscreen. Oh, yeah, that was... It's a, I was really hoping someone would make that their prop when we just turned the cameras on and they had full <laughs> sunscreen face and sunglasses on. That's a big commitment. But he, it's funny how he had it, like, the next day, too. <laughs> like, what? it just wasn't washed away. <laughs> That's such an exciting feeling in the movie, like, when that happened, like, that light-hearted comedy, and that you know it's about to be a sweet-ass scene with the bomb going off. And just the anticipation. Man, movies are cool. Wow, freaks. I can't believe you made it this far into the pod. Very impressive. Hey, while you're here, why don't you throw us a five-star rating and leave a comment? Maybe you can even recommend a pick. You 100% know we're going to read that shit. Okay, on that note, back to the pod. Kev, where'd you get this hat? This is all stuff just from work. <laughs> it just was sitting around. Did you guys do Barbie? <laughs> No, we did not do Barbie, but I will say up front that I, I brought both of these to the movie theater and I chickened out on Good. wearing them during Barbie. Oh. It was just it would have been too weird. I, I just looked like the only way to describe it is I looked very G A Y. Why are you spelling it? <laughs> is that better or worse? Why are you spelling it? It just didn't look like it wasn't funny. It was just like it would have been funny to get like one photo of me in theater. Wearing my full Barbie got or Barbie outfit, but it just I liked your crazy. Instagram post. I think that yeah. was enough. I think that got the yeah. the actual, yeah. you know. Yeah, I wanted I wanted to tease this upcoming podcast. 
But I do like the idea of you wearing that to Oppenheimer. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> that would have been, been that would have been great if you did that. How how All right. one last word on Oppenheimer. I wish I could wear a hat like that. I know. There's a hat. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant Dad and Kevin. So no, Oppie's like, op- hat. hat. It did look good on him. There's this like 1920s, 1930s hat store down the street from me that sells those like it's exclusively a hat shop like h-a-t-s-h-o-p-p-e and like they just sell like fedoras and bowlers and like it's clearly been around forever and uh, kevin really and I trying to go show off his his spelling abilities here he's, he's, <laughs> no, he's, like, he's so spelled gay hat and shop <laughs> so far so aren't those two the same <laughs> G-A-Y is like the S-H-O-P-P-E. <laughs> yeah, there, I, there's like one of those in downtown Cleveland. And I'm like, who is going to this? Because who is buying a $200 hat? Fucking like three people. Yeah. It's crazy that they stay in um, in business. But it is, you have to have that 40s aesthetic to be able to actually pull that off. You have to wear the whole outfit. If you're wearing that with anything <laughs> yeah. else other than what it is, you look crazy. But if you're wearing that outfit today, you look. You crazy have to have still. a specific. Well, you need a specific. You have to be able to pull it off and look like just normal doing it. Yeah, and it's I don't know. It that'd be so tough. Too many of those people are just they're strange, you know. Yeah. All right, Dennis, are you done with Opie? Yes. Okay. Can you give us your thoughts on Barbie? Just about the movie in general, like if I liked it or not. Yeah, like maybe what you're expecting, what you ended up taking away from it, or just not revealing too much. Um. Yeah. So the first like few minutes of it, I'm like, oh, this is not going to be as good as Oppenheimer, and I wasn't in a good mood to laugh or anything like that. Yeah. What time were you watching this bootleg showing of it? It was like nine thirty last night to eleven thirty. Oh, okay. that's a good time, man. Yeah. But also maybe a little bit of a tiring time. It's it's definitely later for me. But, and I just had to put kids down and it's just not, it's hard to ease into like that. Yeah. How many did you put down? Killed three. Got two left. <laughs> <laughs> hard to go from, hard to go from that's killing an off a night kid for you. to just Barbie. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, so just initial thoughts of like okay the opening scene or the opening like credits and everything felt too long to me and wasn't feeling it at that point and i was doing this bootleg thing so it was just not a good start to a movie because i had to get kind of used to that going from regular tv to a bootleg but the movie definitely did grow on me and there's some really really good scenes like i i think the movie from start to finish i is not my favorite movie, but there's 10 out of 10 scenes in the movie. That makes sense. I'd agree with that. That's a very good point. Yeah, it was really well said because I agree. Too. <laughs> okay. You said that last time when I said the quote horribly, but um... this time I meant it. <laughs> Did you have anything on top of that for your viewing of Barbie? Um, my viewing, since I was in an actual theater and it's jam packed of just women watching it all wearing pink. It was honestly kind of annoying when it first started because there's a lot of like wooing and just like people oh, feeling comfortable to talk during it at oh. the beginning, which was really annoying. Yeah, you're not I'm getting like, that in Oppenheimer, just, I guess. 
just far fucking do, just don't do that. What you're not adding to the movie at all, but it like started a small chain reaction, which thank God died out. It didn't go on through the whole movie, but the for the most part, I mean, I thought it was really funny, and I agree with Dennis that it, the whole storyline and all that wasn't amazing, but there were some really funny scenes, and I thought that it was done really well. Um, the beginning part got me really like anxious because it made it the fake town that it was in. I was like, if this movie is all in this, I'm I don't think I could handle it. it reminded me of this like cartoon, not really a cartoon, is like fake people mixed with real people the show is called lazy town i think i remember that and that show uh that show is just like so anxiety like driven for me i can't stand it and i thought that that was going to be the movie so i was happy that it moved on into the the real world and i thought that that's when it got really funny Um, yeah i think ryan gosling was hilarious michael Sarah was hilarious i feel like margot robbie did an awesome job throughout the whole movie and played the role really well i typically don't like will ferrell and i think that he's overplayed and i thought he was actually really funny in the he movie was it was so enjoyable every scene he was in like i loved those guys yeah yeah buffoons i it was so i good. love the take that they weren't actually like a-holes and they were yeah <laughs> they they just wanted to protect girls and like because at the start you're like oh here's the ears like such a fresh take yeah he's playing he's basically playing like the guy in lego the like he plays the villain in lego movie if you haven't seen yeah. that but similar thing and i'm like i like the fresh take so my original like my initial thoughts when it first started i was like okay barbie's in this that world this dream world she's having some anxiety now she's gonna go to the real world oh great she meets Will Ferrell. We're just we're just getting an elf ripoff. Yeah, this is I, just I thought of elf. elf at the beginning too, right? And I I was so delightfully surprised when it didn't become elf. Like I thought for sure they were maybe they wanted to like set it up to like make people think it was going to be elf and then not be elf, but that w- definitely worked for me because I was like, great. Are we just getting like a you know a twenty years later version of elf? And they did not do that, so I was very happily surprised. I thought yeah, Will Ferrell was great. Ryan Gosling was just like. Can anybody play a hunky goofball better than that guy? He just nails it, commits to it so hard. I know that I'm like so biased and I think we (laughs) all kind of are because we really like Ryan Gosling and most of his movies that he's in, but he like fucking doesn't miss. He doesn't like he, he he cracked me up. I won't get into that movie that he missed. (laughs) (laughs) Directed and all that. I think he's just so in. like, I can't even tell if he's a good actor. I think just, him himself is so interesting. Just anything he does. The um the next thing I just thought about it was uh like the cast was a little underwhelming compared to just coming off of Oppenheimer. For yeah. sure. I hundred percent agree. I was like, I could bear yeah. I mean I could name the the actors and actresses I named were the ones that I can name. The other one that I thought was funny and I don't typically like either, the one that played the the weird Barbie. Kate McKinnon, oh my god, so annoying. I can't stand her, but she was I good in this either. movie. If it wasn't her and someone else that played that, though, I think I just liked the character. Yeah. But people that just, like, go, like, bend over backwards and think, or, that's the wrong term. 
Can you spell it? People that just like lose their shit and like scream when Kate McKinnon comes on the on the screen and think it's really funny and just everything She's she does is She's too weird great. looking. It's distracting. Like her yeah. eyes are just too creepy. It's overdone too. It's it's very similar to how like Will Ferrell is too. It's like yeah. they play the same character. It's it's, her, it's it's done. It felt dated. Her mm-hmm. appearance there. Um, the the girl that played the president. Oh, Issa Rae. Issa Rae. Yeah. I only knew sh- who she was. I've been watching the show Project Greenlight on HBO. And it's basically her production company that's putting on this movie. And, like, she mentions every single episode that she's in the movie Barbie. Or she's on set at Barbie. Or she's filming Barbie. Oh, that's Yeah, annoying. so, like, when I saw her there, I'm like, here's your movie. There you go. You're famous. But, yeah, other cast members besides you, when you the ones you mentioned... I mean, John Cena was in it. I was surprised at that. Dua Lipa was in it. She was in it. She was in it at like the same time John Cena was too, right? Or yeah. she was in it a couple times. How about the other Kens? Any of them famous? No, no. I mean, they were a bunch of... Who's that guy? The one guy was Simu Lee, Liu from... He's a Marvel guy. Is he the black guy? No, that's the, the Asian guy? Yeah, he was the Asian guy. Okay. God, can who's I the, ask a question? You might have to cut this, Kevin. That's fine. Was he in Crazy Rich Asians also? I think he was, right? No, that's a different guy. He might have been. <laughs> in do there, not. I think... Kevin, do not cut that. I thought he was in it. No, you're thinking of a different handsome Asian guy. <laughs> Henry Golding. Yeah. But, hey, you're close. Uh, yeah, the one guy was in... Actually, ironically, the one guy was in the the really thin, like light-skinned black Barbie or Ken? Yeah, who is was I can't think of his Peaky name. Peaky Blinders. Is oh. he? I didn't know that. I hadn't seen it. I haven't seen that either. But that's a Killian Murphy show. Yeah, so there's some overlap there. But I just, I guess, I was just disappointed. I, I expected a lot more like random cameos and a lot more like fun celebrity appearances. But I think we talked about this a little bit during Infinity Pool. But like, I think a lot of actors are willing to take a pay cut to be in a movie like Oppenheimer, but like if you're going to be in Barbie, you want a paycheck so that they can't afford to just like, you know, pay all these actors to come to set for one day. Well, maybe, maybe, I mean, as a director also, like, do you want, you want to tell a story? Right, you don't right. want like a fucking cameo fest of people. Well, the story wasn't that good. Though. <laughs> yeah. I, don't I, think the story, that the... I kind of like that where it was like the story made no sense at all. Can you explain it to me in like two minutes what the story was? Because I didn't understand Basically, it. Basically, Barbie starts to have intrusive thoughts, which in her world, everything's perfect. She thinks about killing herself, or not killing herself, just death in general and other weird things. And then she basically hears from this other Barbie to go to the real world to figure, find your, the person playing with you, so they're being played with, and, you know, fix their problem and it'll fix your problems. And so she goes to the real world, has like a vision of who's playing with her, finds the girl that she thinks is playing with her. Can I pause you for a second? Yes. Cause we were talking about casting and the roles. Did you notice that the young tween girl, uh, that like her mom was America Ferreira. 
She was basically Jenna Ortega, but it's like they I, casted Jenna Ortega in the role and then just had to sub her out last minute. I thought it was Jennifer Ortega for like a little bit. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like Jenna Ortega was supposed to be in it, that she aged out of the movie and then they were lazy or, and just Or maybe when they like filmed it, she wasn't like a huge star yet. I mean, she just kind of took off this year, you know? Right. So, but yeah, she finds out it's actually her mom playing with her and her mom you know, is thinking about these, these thoughts and I, do you want me to explain the whole movie? Cause then they, they basically no, go I back. Just... Ken, Ken, Ken gets his taste of the real world where it's like, Oh, men are running everything here compared to Barbie land. And he goes, goes back, brings it home. Then they, she goes back. Ken's running it. Now they have to like reclaim the territory and everybody learns a lesson. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, that was the plot. So it was just a very low stakes plot, like just compared to. Yeah, I was gonna say they were like, "How do we throw this story together? It's real easy. Just kind of do yeah. that. Follow any other storyline. Do the same thing. They focus way more on just the look, the cast, the jokes. Yeah, and and I was that. gonna say the music. The music was awesome. Yeah. Like the dance sequences. I loved that one dance where they did the clap clap. Oh yeah. That was so cool. I, my my one of my beginning of the movie, one of my favorite scenes was more on the serious end was when she sits down and is like starting to just realize the the real world, and she like looks around at different things like people arguing, and then she like looks at the older woman and says, "You're beautiful," and that was good. And the lady said, "I know," right? Isn't that what she yeah. said? Yeah. Yeah. What a soft spot. Did you guys have a favorite like song or song from the movie? Obviously, like, the Matchbox Twenty oh, song. Oh yeah, I, I love that. Oh, that was awesome. I love when they that first the they first the movie, introduced it was when they were listening to Ken Radio. <laughs> so, was oh, like, is that I'm what it was? Push you down. Well, I will. Uh, that was that was great. That was a great use of music, and I, I could because one of those songs I couldn't quite put my finger on. Like I didn't know it was Matchbox Twenty, but I knew I'd heard the song. It's a like the perfect times. dad rock. Yeah, say so, yeah, they picked the right song for that, and I think that fits right where you're saying the their uh, group that they're going for is Millennials and Gen X. That song yeah. fits both those people that they can relate. Matchbox to Twenty. How long before we hear that song sped up oh, on TikTok? Jesus I wanna push you around. Yeah, yeah, I will. Yeah, I will. We, we're going to be the ones that do it. We're going to have to start it, yeah. it on TikTok. So after this, we'll throw it on there. The scene where they're all playing the guitar and singing that song, though, is fucking hilarious. Yeah. Oh, so good. All the Kens. Yeah. That was amazing. I just love there the were one so guy many playing, laugh out loud. One guy's playing the drums. <laughs> 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 It's not that good. <laughs> playing the drums next to the girl. Yeah. And just the fact that they used that to turn everybody against each other, man, that was yeah. it was a really fun, yeah, funny it, movie. Like probably the best comedy I've seen. In a long time. Wow. It was super original. It was nice that they're getting away from just doing fucking sequels. Every movie like these mm-hmm. both of these movies weren't sequels to anything and they were like the big movies. And that was super nice to see. First like what was the one that Tom Cruise was just in? It was like the seventh one of the Mission yeah, Impossible. Like, you gotta fucking stop. 
Just stop making those. Or movies. one thing I run into a lot, Owen, is because I love comedy and I, I find myself watching comedy shows and comedy movies and they're never funny. No. They're just like sad and awkward or cringy. But so I think The Office turned everything into cringy. Yeah, nothing's nothing's new. And that I feel like this was super new. A lot of different funny things. Speaking of funny, the one moment that made me laugh out loud, it, it was a music moment. It was my favorite music moment, too. It was right when Will Ferrell started chasing Barbie around the corporate offices of Mattel. And they're, like, running through the cubicles. And they run into each other, and they both scream out loud <laughs> when they finally see each other. And then run the opposite direction. It was, like, such a classic shtick. Yeah. But it made me, like, it made me like cackle during the theater. Oh, oh the speaking of, like, favorite funny part. When Barbie goes to his house and was finally like, he's she's trying to like manipulate him and go I, like, I want to be your boy, your girlfriend now. And he'll be like, he's like, I'll be right back. And he goes behind, he goes sublime. <laughs> and then comes back. <laughs> Just, I've never heard anyone yell that word in joy. <laughs> Ryan Gosling nailed yeah. this. I'm so excited to rewatch this just for the Gosling part. Did you guys like the Mojo Dojo yeah, I d- joke? Oh, I didn't like shit. that. I actually loved them calling it the Mojo Dojo Casa House. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. They kept re- repeating it and that the Mojo Dojo Casa House was selling out at Mattel. I guess it's, yeah, the fact that they kept hammering it home made yeah. it funnier. Yes. At first I was like, oh, yes. that's weird. Yeah. But they kept going on. And then yeah. them calling them Brewski Beers. Yeah, <laughs> that was good. Br- Brewski beer me. <laughs> All right, I'm excited oh, to rewatch this movie. Just I'm laughing, just thinking. That's a good comedy. Usually, you don't catch up. My those. very favorite part that I like laughed out loud for a good amount is when Ryan Gosling was standing on top of the escalator and he's watching three businessmen come up, and there's this <laughs> lady called Margaret that comes out, and the one business guy goes. Like not now, Margaret wags his finger at her, and you just they panda <laughs> Gosling just pretending to be that guy. It was like shit. Yeah. I could fucking say that. That part cracked me up so much. So that was it was just it the, was great. Like him discovering that the world. Yeah, that was that was yeah. a ton of fun, and that he just was obsessed with horses <laughs> and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I'm excited to rewatch this movie. That was it was really Do funny. I uh I sorry. No, no, I just I had originally like rated it in my head walking out of the theater like a seven point five. But by this afternoon I found myself like laughing at the scenes in my head and like kind of thinking back and I, I, I walked away like I'm definitely eight point two or like eight point five. Yeah. I, I felt the same way and then I just kept thinking of the scene where they're battling each other and it just turns into like a dance off the Kens, a dance off, and then it ends with them like just <laughs> you know, holding hands and bracing basically at the end where they just got lost in the dance, the beautiful choreographic <laughs> dance and they end it perfectly. I just keep thinking of that scene and I can't wait to watch that again. God, do you guys think that guys find this funnier? I th- I feel like they made it for women. The movie oh, is for sure. made yeah. for women, but they made, sh- obviously, yes. But I feel like any guy that goes and sees it will probably find it funnier than any girl that sees it. Because, I mean, Ryan Gosling was the funniest. Him and Michael Sarah were the funniest people in the entire movie. 
Margot Robbie yeah. did a great job, but she's more of a serious role of a girl trying to go yeah, through she was the- like life. Um, I, I don't know. Cause I told people at work, I was seeing like, Oh, you're seeing that movie. I was like, honestly, I heard it's supposed to be good and funny. So like, I'm pretty pumped to see it, but there's so many yeah. guys that I probably won't see. Cause I'm not fucking watching Barbie. I, well, there's a big controversy about it basically. And I think it's the, uh, we're all betas here. I think it's a good beta beta movie. <laughs> Dennis, I was thinking the same thing. It is a beta friendly movie. Yeah. Where the alphas out there are saying basically it's saying everything a man does is, you know, man control the world and like they're bad. That's funny because I'm in a group chat with four guys and someone brought up that article that was written on Fox that the. Um, that it's like this movie's bad for men. Yeah. <laughs> and they were joking around. They're like, I'm not seeing it now, but that's, I didn't get that at all. I get like, they're trying to make it more of a empowering movie for women and women can do whatever, but it wasn't over the top by any means. I thought it was really fair. And I, I think it is because we're three beta <laughs> males and it, it's like a beta friendly movie. No, I actually have, this, this is my case for it. Cause there was this one scene where uh, it was America Ferreira and she gives a monologue about what it's like to be a woman. And she says, like, we always have to be extraordinary, but somehow we're always doing it wrong. You have to be thin, but not too thin. You can never say you want to be thin. You want to say you'd be healthy, but you also have to be thin. You want to have money, but you can't ask for money because that's crass. And it was like a, it was like this thing about to women and i'm like i really fucking that's what things. i said that's exactly what i told <laughs> I was sarah like, this, isn't I was like, a man. this isn't a like i, I like i want to be thin i don't want to ask her money like this is so that's like if that's what women feel like they're like you're like well welcome to the fucking world because like i feel every <laughs> yeah. single guy pretty much feels that exact yeah. same way i don't think every guy feels that way i think it might be sure but not every girl females. does either it's just the actual like mm. people that are i don't know mover movers and shakers and do shit like that so that I, that part honestly annoyed me because i was like this is it made me mad like, this it, isn't a this is not exclusively yeah, a woman and if experience. every girl's like well that's how it is because men can do whatever it's like we fucking can't <laughs> so you need to calm down no so the only thing I empathized with was when, like, uh, Margot Robbie was walking through the world of uh, the normal world for the first time. And she's like, I have this undertone of violence. <laughs> yeah, I thought of that, too. I'm like, man, that kind of is true, I guess, for women. Yeah, that one I can't relate to. It's like a 6 <laughs> where one. <laughs> Ryan Gosling's more like, man, everyone's looking at me and thinks how cool I am. Compared to, like, <laughs> versus like, undertone guys. of, like, someone's going to snatch her up. Yeah, so that part I'll I have to empathize with, but the other part was like, what? That's just being a human. Like, I yeah, and I, I, don't I don't think they were saying that men didn't experience that. I think it was that women experienced that too, too, right? No, I think it was very. <laughs> I think it. I think she, it was. I think she even prefaced at the very beginning that it was like a woman's problem, or like, and that it was brought out yeah. by. I don't know if it was brought out by Barbie or whatever, but. The last thing I have on Barbie was just like, I kept finding myself just staring at Margot Robbie's facial structure. Like I couldn't, I don't know why I just like, it wasn't cause like I was like an R or something, but I was just like, she's supposed to be like Barbie. So I was like, what makes her Barbie? I don't, I don't know. Like maybe you guys don't have anything else on before, that, but like I before I answer that, do you want to hear something insane? Go for it. Amy Schumer was originally supposed to play Barbie. Oh yeah. I heard that. Oh, 
And then, it's not Barbie. So they, yeah, I know. That's what's like annoying. <laughs> but I guess different, I don't know how um, Hollywood works, but I think different studios pick up movies. And I think Warner Brothers originally had it and then someone else had it. I don't know which one picked who, but it was originally Amy Schumer and then it went to somewhere else and they're like, absolutely not. We're not using her. That's I'm kind too of hard to wrap your yeah, head like around. You, if you want to make it like she's supposed to be stereotypical Barbie, which is what everyone knows Barbie, yeah. you have to pick Margot Robbie. Like there's no one else that you can pick. Well, that. that's it seems like a completely different movie where it's like the whole movie is her comedy. thinking yeah. she's and just some beautiful girl. And yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. It, and then that's the joke, yeah. and the jokes are completely. And it just takes away board. all the funny parts from like Ryan Gosling and Will Ferrell, and it's like, oh, she's the yeah. bu- like Margot Robbie was never the butt of a joke, really. Where all yeah. these other characters no, were, and she did such a great job of being the straight woman, the straight man, uh, whatever. They you also were. Spell I think at some point they had Anne Hathaway too, which also like wouldn't fit. Think that she's like Anne Hathaway. Like, she yeah. got brown hair. I know that's that's what I that was going to be my thing. I was like, "What well, they going to have to dye her hair blonde then?" Because Barbie, if you think of Barbie, you think tall, skinny, blonde Barbie. That's it. I think Anne Hathaway could have done it if they dyed her hair blonde, but it just wouldn't yes, have been as authentic. But Amy Schumer could not no, at all. No, that, that would have been, been a that, flop of a movie. I think too. Yeah, it, people, I don't think it would have drawn the same. Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling probably wouldn't have been in the Amy Schumer. Movie. I also wouldn't have seen it. I'd be yeah, like, this movie I agree. suck. Like, this isn't going to be like, I'm sick of fucking Amy Schumer playing Amy Schumer's role. What? How many movies? Amy Schumer? I've only she hasn't been seen in that like many. one movie. <laughs> Trainwreck? Just Amy Schumer being Amy Schumer in life. She was in the movie with um, uh, LeBron James. Trainwreck, and... yeah. Her one movie, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Train... <laughs> is that the same movie john cena's in that movie too yeah that's okay her one yeah movie. <laughs> right. well that movie He's sick of that movie <laughs> and then <laughs> just cultural her. phenomenon that everyone mentioned <laughs> i think just her in general is, is tired that's all have you guys seen right. any of the other greta uh greta Gerwig Gerwig movies? Yeah. movies yeah i've seen them all they're I, I love ladybird because it's like about catholicism and Catholic yeah, school. Catholic school, and I, you know, we all went to Catholic school. So, I did see Lady Bird. I didn't see Little. Is it Little Women? Little Woman. That one I didn't see, but yeah. uh, Greta Gerwig has some really good ones. There's my favorite one is called Mistress America, and Francis Ha. I liked Kevin. You actually you Francis, recommended Francis Ha when I was trying to watch a movie, and I watched. I love that really movie. Liked yeah. it. So. I think she just acted in that one. Well, so no. So she uh, is married to the same guy that did White Noise. Yeah, Noah Baumbach. So they like collaborate on everything. So it's just like. Yeah, he wrote this too. If there's a Noah Baumbach movie, it's a Greta Gerwig movie. It's a Greta Gerwig. They're they're good. They're all good movies. So this was like a lot of people are giving her flack for taking on Barbie and doing it. It's like, dude, this is absolutely going to catapult her career forever. It's like the same thing. As I don't fucking know what I'm trying to say, but I think that was a good move. Their movies seem like a more mainstream Wes Anderson, I guess, where it's like quirky but not like fucking obnoxious. Like it's Wes definitely Anderson. different. Yeah. Same yeah. type of humor, but less like in your face. Yeah. I, I'm not a Wes Anderson guy. 
I have no interest in this movie. I, I, I like I, I like to I the idea of liking it. I think we fucking talked did about we? this on the last podcast, didn't we? We did. We definitely did. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I still don't think I got my point across. What is the one movie where there's the camping the kid that's Moonrise Kingdom Boy Scouts? I want to love that movie. Yeah, I don't I love don't. that one either. Did he do the one uh, rabbit Mr. Fox movie or whatever? Fantastic Mr. Yeah. Fox. No, All right, guys. Now we're just talking about Wes kid... Anderson. I think we got to uh, wrap oh, it up. Shit. Do you guys have anything else on Barbie? Good, good, good job. Good job. Um, I keep thinking Greta Gerwig is Greta <laughs> I saw that on Twitter. <laughs> I, I don't think I threw you a like on that one because I didn't relate. No, I only got <laughs> one like. I was expecting that that would take off. But um, I keep thinking that that's... Oh, you posted really that? Like, I saw that. And I'm like, ah, oh, I guess that's kind yeah. of funny. I bet you could ask a hundred people that saw Barbie who directed it, and I bet only four out of a hundred know it was Greta Gerwig. Yeah. We're 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 some Whatever. of the elites. It's a good tweet. You guys should I, all follow. I, me. I, speaking <laughs> of Twitter, <laughs> though, there was something I retweeted. X X or X. Oh yeah, sorry X. There was an X video. I not uh, confused with the other website that yeah that you. There was an X video X-X-X-X. I retweeted. Um, and it was the Ken the Ken song. <laughs> that uh ryan gosling sings but over ken kendall from succession and it was just a beautiful mix of emotions and it fits very well if you remember the ken song like am i enough um i honestly don't remember that movie or that not that movie (laughs) you don't remember you forget deleted barbie already (laughs) (laughs) barbie's gone now podcast over all the data is dumped all right you guys ready for my pick or wait Final thoughts on Barbenheimer? Like, come on. Yeah, yeah come on, Kevin, dude. What is your problem? Kevin's man? just so done with it. I have to edit this. Yeah, I have you're, editing you're living in the future, oh, man. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Okay. Come on. Now I get Kevin was really trying to force things along. Yeah. Chit chat. This is, I think this I'm is, too, this was too much material for us. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a it's, lot. It's because oh, there's so much to say. It's like, uh, it's kind of hard. Yeah, yeah, and you don't want to go too deep. Like, let people come to their own conclusion and use us. All right, how about 30 seconds on Barbenheimer? Which movies you like better and just the overall experience? Uh, We'll start with Owen. Um, So, overall, I thought Barbie, I think we said this earlier, it was like an actual funny comedy. It was good. It was, I don't think it was expected to be laugh out loud funny, but it delivered and it was super funny. A lot of really good actors. The storyline was not so great, but that's not what you're in it for. So I was, I really enjoyed that movie. I thought it was super funny. For Oppenheimer, again, I wish I did a little bit more research beforehand. And I thought when I walked out of the theater, thought it was good. Didn't really start to really like it until the next day, which is always how I think most movies are for me, where the more and more I think about it, the more I read Normally I don't read much, but if I start reading up on it, it gets more interesting. It's much better. So I really enjoyed both of them. I think they both delivered really well. So I I was very impressed. And those are the first two movies that I've seen in theaters in forever. I never like going to the theaters because I'm like, I'll just wait for it to come out. And I don't feel like paying for it, but I was happy to pay for them. I think it was really good. Okay. So what do you rank? What do you like better? 
fuck it's just they're so different that it's hard to say which one i like better i honestly think that i enjoyed barbie better because i like comedies but it's okay barbie's rare <laughs> kevin i'm trying to move it along for kevin it's supposed to be 30 oh, seconds thank you dennis thank you uh you didn't put a timer up. My my takeaways are exactly what I thought. Oppenheimer was an incredible movie experience. I you know enjoyed all three hours in the movie. Uh, even if it was long, I still like felt like it was worth it and walked away very excited about the movie. Uh, Barbie, I wasn't like it wasn't as fantastic of of a movie experience. Like I feel like I missed a lot of jokes or didn't get to enjoy as many jokes. I think this movie has such a rewatchability factor, like. I will probably watch this movie six more times in my life and I will probably watch Oppenheimer maybe one and a half of a time or one time. Um, so they both delivered. I, I, I just don't think Barbie needed to be seen in theater personally. And uh, so I'm going to give the edge to Oppenheimer, but I think in the long run, I think I will ultimately watch Barbie the same amount of times as I've watched, say like 21 jump street, which is like 10. Yeah. It's fuck. Take my answer back. Yeah. Like, I'm very happy I watched Oppenheimer. Like, I think I'm going to remember that movie, but I don't think I'll ever rewatch it again. Barbie, I think I'm going to watch that and laugh at it again at least five more times. Yeah. See, I'm, my take is I'm, I'm the opposite. I never really rewatch comedy movies, but I'll put on it. Like, if this movie was on TBS or like some, for whatever reason, I had that again. But I, this is a movie you could always like tune into, like the middle of it, be like, oh, they're at, this part here and they're going to be doing like I, that's how Christopher Nolan movies seem where you can just they're so rewatchable I don't know and just the experience of like a three hour movie in the movie theater it feels like a journey that you went on and I just I like that so much better so I'm I'm team Oppenheimer Kevin you made uh, sorry to go on but you made the point about not rewatching Oppenheimer I think I rewatch it one more time like front to back but then if i'm like got nothing else going on i'm like need to kill some hours and don't want to have to think too much of what to put on and it's on netflix or something i am putting it on and i'll pay attention to a lot of it because i think it's a good movie but i agree with dennis where comedies i don't rewatch that often maybe one or two times and that's it i i love comedies all right barbenheimer that's it oh sorry i I didn't mean to rush you guys i'm sorry (laughs) No, I think that's. I think you did a really good job of keeping us on track because we normally go really bad, and we finished before yeah. eight. I know we started a little bit early, but I think that we kept everything on track, and it was nice that we didn't. Go. Yeah, I think we covered everything, and we, I think I, we heard a lot of interesting things. Sure, I agree. So what's the what's the pick? All right, you? I have a little preface. So I know you both like arguably trashy reality television. Dennis with his one thousand pound bimbos. <laughs> Owen, <laughs> Owen with his those thousand pound slugs. Oh, like, not like some porn show. No, there was a thousand pound sisters too. That was Owen. I'm six hundred uh, pound light. Okay, well, Owen likes his bass master hunting boys, meat eater baby. And I was curious if you guys have ever dug into the Bravo universe. Um, Sarah does. Okay, so I yes. inevitably do as well. So have you, uh, oh, and so maybe you've seen this already, but my, so I've been watching Summer House and I watched Vanderpump, both very, very entertaining, equally trashy, but there is a new uh, reboot of the Real Housewives of New York with a new cast. 
I thought it would be a very interesting watch just to like understand this Real Housewives phenomena from a fresh perspective. So I wanted us all to watch the first episode of Real Housewives of New York. Have you seen it already, Owen? No, I was going to say phenomena. <laughs> oh, phenomena. <laughs> Same joke. There you go. Bring it back out. Phenomena. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but I don't. I so, haven't seen it. So I'm hoping I fucking get it. Like 10 years ago, Lisa would watch Real Housewives in New Jersey all the time. And it was so interesting. And I had to act like I didn't like it. Dude, I hate, don't hate watch it, but Sarah will start it. And I'm like, okay. Oh, shit. What is he doing? <laughs> Who is that? It's I, hard to I turn get, off. I get, dude, they suck you in. So I get it. And like, I'll, I'll watch them. So I'm, I'm pumped about it. There's one other note. I do have a special guest that I've lined up that will, uh, will be there to talk us through a little bit of Bravo as well as some of our, um, just some of some of our communication issues that we've been working through. So, is she going to be mad that you're eating a lot of popcorn? No, 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 no. It is not my girlfriend. The communication issue. Oh, okay. Is it? It's a communication coach that'll help us with just some of our help us become better oh, communicators it? amongst interpersonally. <laughs> is it Andy Cohen? No. <laughs> I, I think I know who it is. What is this for, like, in the middle of it? Yeah, in the middle, we're just going to put it in there like, hey, thanks for listening. Don't forget. We're not talking like that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I I refuse to make it sound like a commercial. You just got to tell everyone that they need to follow us on social media at Pick Freaks on TikTok and Instagram and to give us five-star rating. You can roast us, but don't give us less than five stars. Yeah, That's all we have to say. So just say that. Is there Kevin, any, go. Yeah, if you're, uh, language, you're listening Just cut what I said and put it on method. there. Who cares? Muzzy now comes with four videos, two audios, a script book, parent's guide, a new exciting CD-ROM, plus this free bonus with your paid order.